Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie Harris, it is March the 19th. Indeed. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. You know, it's uh, it's a very, I have to say this week has been interesting. I was asking the question today in our clubhouse, what was the, what was it, the greatest um, opportunity of the of the last week and what was your greatest success or, no, no. Greatest it was, challenge and greatest Yeah, yeah that's what it was. What was your greatest success of the past week and your greatest challenge of the past week? And I, I was thinking as I was asking uh, people that were up on our stage on Clubhouse and also people in the audience, I was thinking about how I would answer the question if I was posed with it. Let's hear it. And, well, okay. Since you asked me, I would say the greatest success this past week We've had a lot of great successes, but one of the things I think that we can probably be most proud of is, or we, at least we are seeing the fruits of our labor after having done this for, since 2014, is the podcast. Yes. I mean, the podcast now has really exceeding all uh, you know, measures of what a normal, uh, what a podcast in, that's so niched like ours is, mm-hmm. where it's geared basically towards real estate professionals primarily. I know we have some uh, business owners that listen, I we get feedback that there's a lot of people and you know sure. an, just going for entrepreneurs motivation and business advice, right? Sure. But the, the, what has happened really in the past, I'd say six months with regards to this podcast, uh, increasing like yesterday, listeners. I'll tell you the exact number because I'm going to look. Did I tell you what it was? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, so yesterday's podcast. Oh, here it is down here. Yesterday's podcast, uh, Justin downloads had basically it was forty thousand seven hundred twenty six downloads. 40,726 downloads. And then as far as the number of listens yesterday, we had at least 5,000 listens. And those are people that are listening off of Instagram or listening off of our podcast or just various different ways. In other words, they're not downloading it using their phone app, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. We're on every single, we're even on Audible now. Um, But they're uh, listening right off of our podcast, Tim and Julie Harris. I'm sorry, our main website, timandjulieharris.com. But the point of it is, is that it does not make sense that a podcast that's so niched in specifically just for real estate professionals would have this number of people listening and downloading. It just, but it's all good. We but, appreciate you. But the only other things yeah. you have that are parallels that in other sort of podcast genres are going to be people like that are talking about, um, I mean, honestly, there's things that are super specific, like baking and cooking and sure. just different little strange things that are all everyone's sort of weekend hobbies and passions. But yeah, guys, it's amazing. And I'd say over the past week, and I think today we'll probably bust through 50,000. Mm-hmm. That's a really huge milestone to the Definitely. point to the point now where we're actually getting solicited for people from companies to run ads on our podcast, but they're not like ads selling you guys stuff. It's ads. Well, it is selling you like mattresses and grills and, you know, Traeger one and yeah. things like that. It's so strange how we've gone from just doing this podcast, mostly because we enjoy it mm-hmm. really. And also to obviously help as many people as we can. And now it's going to, it's becoming a real syndicated commercial effort. It's not, I, I mean, I had, ever pl- I had never planned for it really. Uh-huh. I didn't even really aspire to it. But I think as you and I, and I think this should, I'm telling you guys all this to to encourage all of you to stop being so um, inhibited about syndicating your own content. And Clubhouse, by the way, is the perfect genre to test your metal on that. 
But the sp- Julie and I go out of our way, obviously, to present high quality content, which is the reason that you guys continue to listen to us. But really, I think the reason ultimately that the podcast has gone to the next level is because we do it informally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We used to have a very buttoned up, every, it's like a presentation. It's like we're doing a, you know, an audio version of a PowerPoint. We didn't like doing it that way, but no. we thought that was the expectation. Uh, and as soon as we started jib-jabbing more and having more fun and being more relaxed, then all of a sudden the listenership went through the roof. And if you hear Julie sneeze in the background or a kid <laughs> scream in the background, inevitable. inevitable, nobody cares. And so that's one of the things that I hope, hopefully you guys are taking this and you're thinking, well, maybe I don't have to be so formal with um, you know thinking about starting a podcast or a clubhouse or all the rest of it. A lot of you guys are intuitively correct that a lot of this stuff, a social networking and whatnot, can be a black hole, a big waste of money and time, and it can be, but it is a good ancillary spoke or a secondary passive spoke that you can create after you gener- after you establish your, your proactive lead generation things. You know, proactive lead generation has to come before passive lead generation, but if you're choosing, if you're like really, if you've got three or four solid spokes that are proactive lead generators, you know to do the work. You can set appointments every day. You're absolutely got that locked in. And you want to add an ancillary or a passive lead generator. I would strongly encourage you to double down on doing a podcast primarily. Because podcasts are going to take off at a level never seen before. They're going to basically replace AM radio. It's already happening. And probably even FM radio to a certain extent. Um, and you're going to see Facebook that's going to emulate the Clubhouse app. Twitter's going to emulate the uh, clubhouse app people are going to start tuning in this is not a prediction that's already happened what's well, a prediction but it's already happening so it's basically like a, a locked in bet you're going to see people that are going to start having their days where they're going to have audio on in the background pretty much all the time keeping them company a lot of people are like that now and they're going to go from listening to like our clubhouse in the morning and then maybe they'll listen to our podcast and then they'll flip around and and that's the evolution so it used to be that the belief was you're either somebody who wants to consume uh, visual content on social media or you want to assume, uh, consume audio content on social media. So you had to sort of choose because you obviously can't really you know, watch a video while you're driving. But the thing that you can do with audio is you can have it on all the time and keep, keep you company throughout the day. So if you're thinking about how to monetize that or how to basically integrate that into your business, if you don't like the word monetize, there are so many creative things that are coming out during our podcast or during our clubhouse in the morning that you're hearing agents now are figuring out, well, we can make an extra uh, referral exchange. We can start doing, you know, a BNI type idea on clubhouse and all these really cool creative things. Uh, embrace it, guys, because there's little doubt at this point that all for, the d- most dominant forms of social media and really, um, you know, online uh, interactions are moving towards the spoken word, are moving towards people's ability to communicate and speak, which obviously is right in our wheelhouse with what we've been, frankly, begging all of you guys to take seriously since really all this social networking stuff really started to take off. We knew that that social networking stuff was too many degrees removed from real interactions with humans. And we saw that agents who saw it for what it was and were willing to pick up the phone and do anything real work because we coached a lot of them, we saw a lot of these agents, their businesses take off because all the other agents were rushing towards the passive lead generation where the ones that basically are now dominant in the country are the ones that are doing proactive lead generation. And it is important that you guys learn how to determine what uh, success is in, in, in real estate. And, and look, you can come up with as many touchy-feely definitions of success as you'd like, but I'll encourage you to consider that your real measure of success should be the net profit you make from your business, the actual you know profit. 
And when you run your business like what Julie and I coach our agents to run their businesses like, you're going to have 50, 60, 75% profit margins. You know, you make 10,000, you keep 7,500. Where it's become normalized in the real estate industry for agents to think they have to blow all their money on lead generation and then maybe they're keeping $1,000 from that $10,000. And that's unfortunate and it's sad. And it's also a really great way to run yourself out of business, not build a business. More transactions and more dollar volume does not automatically equal more profit in the real estate business. In other industries, it does if you're Netflix, for example. But in this business, not the same thing because this is a service-based business. That's exactly right. So I think the overreaching point is with all of these different platforms and opportunity like Clubhouse, doing your own podcast, etc., don't overthink it. Dunk it into analysis paralysis. Don't over-engineer it. Don't overproduce it. Just be, and this word is being used a little bit too much, I think, but be your authentic self. I, I was working on some content yesterday about um, people are polishing their speaking styles mm-hmm. and their effectiveness. And one of the people I was uh, listening to, which is a professional speaker, he said, you know, what does authentic mean? It means that you're standing on your own. You are like standing in your own shoes full of values. Like authentic means mm. that you, you back up what you say. As, because he was talking about everybody says authentic, authentic. What does that actually mean? It means that you know what your values are and you're here to, you know, represent that yourself and be your own true self. You don't have to like put on this sales personality or this speaker presenter mentality. Just be your own self. And that, that ties right into what we've been talking about this week. This week. Uh, so we've been talking about the introvert's guide to being a real estate rock star, but I've been thinking a lot about these points. And I really think that it could apply whether you're an introvert or not. These totally. things apply. So I've got two more points, and then we will send them into their weekend of profitability. And remember, guys, we are doing a series of really high-powered, fun uh, online events. They're going to start uh, – next. well, they already did start, but we're going to do usually two or three days a week where we're going to do panels of top-producing interviews, uh, top-producing agents, and really real estate professionals from around the country – and a lot of these guys are our coaching clients. I want you to seriously consider registering uh, for this event. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 855-685-1045. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 855-685-1045. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link that you then can click, and you can choose the day and time that you want to attend this event. So go ahead and just go ahead and text 855 – I'm sorry, text Harris – Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 855-685-1045. Yes, so back to our introvert's guide to being a real estate rock star. Our final two points, which are number 14 and 15, these are actionable items. Number 14, upgrade everything immediately. Now, this is a point uh, that's included in our introvert's guide, but we have an entire section that drills down and is extremely specific in the Harris Rules book, which you guys can get on Amazon, Talking specifically about this, upgrade everything immediately, not just for introverts. Audrey Hepburn once spoke about how she dressed for the roles she played so she could better play the characters she was asked to portray. Here's a great quote from her. I believe in manicures. I believe in overdressing. I believe in primping at leisure and wearing lipstick. I believe in pink. I believe happy girls are the prettiest girls. I believe that tomorrow is another day and I believe in miracles. Confidence comes from looking the part. So if you're unsure about your suit choices or even, you know, a lot of maybe more casual markets, casual business, right? 
Go to J. Crew. Go to Neiman Marcus. Have a consultant help you. Have somebody put outfits together for you, right? Hey, Julie, if yeah. they needed any further proof that you wrote 95% of the book, it, was right, quotes, it, was, it was right what you just read. So if, you guys, if I have not made that clear, Julie wrote 95% of the book. There were our ideas, but Julie wrote the book. There's your proof. <laughs> Thus, you get more girly quotes. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes. All right. So uh, speaking of which, if you're not great at makeup, go and get a luxury makeover from a trusted brand like Chanel or somebody. And then buy what they recommend. Use the same idea for buying shoes, watches, glasses, hairstyles. I will never forget some of the appointments that we went on. This is so important. This is such an easy way to give yourself confidence, to compete, and also to learn about some interesting things, right? So I, I remember us going on appointments. We always take our shoes off. You know, I think it's a polite thing to do anyway. But if you especially live in kind of a sloppy weather market, one of the worst things you can do on a listing appointment is walk in the door and then muck up their foyer. That's, that's just stupid, right? But I can remember taking my shoes off and seeing it, you know, not in every appointment, but people would look at like what the brand on the inside of your shoe well, was. Well, let's talk about that. They look at watches, glasses, jewelry. Well, let's talk about that yeah. because that's a silly, stupid, but important point. It right? is. And people could poo-poo on that and say, oh, you know, you're just being flaky about that. You're no, just playing into true. something. Because people intuitively are going to try to gauge whether or not like even subconsciously, they do. It goes both ways, too. Mm-hmm. I remember when Julie, obviously, we sold thousands of houses, but we would have, uh, when you would go in a normal sale price house, and if you were driving a flashy car, mm-hmm. I promise you, you'd see this, you'd see the blinds move before you got out of the car, and they would see what you were driving. Yep. And if you drove up in something that was disproportionately nicer than the neighborhood, they, if you got that listing, I promise you, they're going to beat the crap out of you about commissions. Yes, and yeah, and furthermore, if you now the, actually normal sale price people, they give you more leeway in that. So you could yeah. drive up if it's say the normal area where you're having a bunch of Ford F one fifties and you happen to pull in in a Lincoln or you happen to pull in on a Mercedes, they're not so much, they're not going to give you the same level of uh, judginess as when you move up to, and when you're going on a listing appointment for what would be typically more of a status uh, ego type price range. And so think about this, guys. People start in their first time home buyer houses, and then they move up. Those two price ranges, the people are very similar in how they approach life. In, in, in terms of their, their normal, you know... They're buying it, for normal reasons. Right. More space, better schools, backyard. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, when they move up the third time, let alone beyond that, then they're starting to buy uh, for status. And they're starting to buy... They'll say it's for schools, but really it's so they can brag about living in a particular zip code or a neighborhood or those types of things. They're making more money. They're showing their affluence. It's in that middle price range where those people are the most judgy. Now, here's the really interesting thing. When you go to the very, very top price ranges... Those people actually, like the multi, multi, multi-million dollar deals, they will not even give a rat's ass what your car is. They'll judge you by your past performance on whoever, on whether homes in similar price ranges that you've yeah. actually been able to sell. So the people at the very top of the food chain, they're the ones that are, you still have to look nice and dress professional, uh, but they do not judge a book by its cover. They judge you on your performance. They judge it on your performance. But in that middle price range where most of you guys are going to work in, we call it the aspirational price range. Those people are absolutely going to be looking at you on what Julie said, your shoes, your watch. I remember so many times we'd go, it was a New Albany Country Club, we'd go on listing appointments and you'd have people looking to see what kind of, just everything Julie said, yeah. your, your watch, your clothes, your, your shoes. Your So you guys have heard of the symbol or the, the term virtue signaling, right? So virtue signaling would be where you're trying to drop little clues as to what sort of social belief structure you might belong to. 
And, you know, it's very common in the more left-leaning, um, you know, political circles where they do a lot of virtue signaling. They'll do a lot of things just to let you know what their value set is. Um, and you could even argue on the conservative side of things, uh, wearing a, uh, a, a crucifix, that's virtue signaling as well, right? You're saying, I'm a Christian, so you can assume that these are the beliefs that I have, the values that I have. You guys get what I'm saying here? Well, virtue signaling even pertains to socioeconomic groups as well. Because when you're in that aspirational price range, the move up, the ego house, whatever you want to call it, the McMansion, which is a dumb term, but there you go. Those people are going to virtue signal based on your affluence. They're going to ask you where you travel. They're going to ask you about what restaurants you go to. They're going to ask you about all of that type of thing. So if you're wondering why you're maybe experiencing resistance or not experiencing success in those aspirational price ranges, what we've been talking about this week is part and parcel of the reason. It's lack of versatility. Lack of exposure, too. And Yeah, obviously lack of yeah. exposure. But lack of versatility once you have the exposure. Yeah. Trying to make the world like you is a recipe for failure. But this is curable, you know. And I, I really, I think, because I've worked with a lot of coaching clients, as if you, about this type of thing. I think it's fun. You're enhancing, you know, you're you're the sum of all of your experiences. So you might as well have some good experiences. You might as well add to what you know about. I think it's really a powerful thing for you to actually maybe not just know a little bit about art, but know about, you know, a handful of specific artists that maybe are popular but, right but now. So, okay, since you, it's fun for mm -hmm. you and I, yeah. it was, and it was always fun and because it's interesting. Still is. Intellectually, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Sure. But I don't think it's fun for most people because they're fearful if, if all of a sudden they start um, and, and their social network and their mm -hmm. social, the real people, not, you know, fake social network, but real social network. And amongst their, you know, their family and their neighbors, if all of a sudden they they live in the Ford F one fifty neighborhood, and then they pull in their driveway yeah. with some fancy Mercedes, and all of a sudden they're wearing, uh, you know, different clothes and looking mm -hmm. fancier, what's going to happen is they might actually exper start experiencing rejection amongst their little tribe, and it won't necessarily happen overtly; it'll happen covertly. Yeah. Little digs, little comments, little snide looks, little snide comments, you know, little little just little jabs, and what happens is. People pick that up as rejection. So if you're trying to strive to improve yourself and trying to make yourself more marketable, more versatile, and let's say you live in a community that's dominated by, for example, amiable sorts or whatever, people that are the types that we're going to want to sit around, get to know you, chew the fat, sit on the porch forever, watch football. Shoes. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden you start looking more prim and proper and formal. They're going to absolutely start rejecting you in little tiny subtle ways because you are no longer like them or even worse in their perception. You're trying to become something else. So subconsciously, they're going to feel like you're rejecting them. Yeah, see, I think that there's a fine line to walk with that, right? So yes, some of that happens. And, you know, maybe that's because you need to also upgrade your neighborhood, your friends, et cetera, well, but, which, right? which sounds obnoxious. But okay? hover there. I'm don't, about to. Don't but, bounce off that. Okay. That is really the bottom line. Yes, and that could be. That does not mean you have to dump all of your friendships. But I think that you can walk the line. I found this a lot with my music center of influence, right? So I, on purpose, would dress a little bit nicer during rehearsals. So, you know, because I like to dress nicely, but also so they would ask me, hey, Julie, you look nice. Why, you know, why is that? And I could talk about, well, I just came from a closing. And it was a nice organic real estate conversation. But I also knew not to make that a like, I didn't lead with that. It just was what I did, right? I wasn't a jerk about it. Like, I wasn't look at me. I was just more subtle and chill about it. So I think that two things can be true at once. One is that perhaps you need to upgrade 
who you hang out with because maybe that's good for you, okay? And again, that doesn't mean you have to break up with everybody you know. But you can also be more classy about it. You know, you don't have to be in somebody's face about that. But but the interesting thing is, is, uh, if you're going to decide to basically be more versatile, not just with how you act interpersonally with communication styles, but also be more versatile in how you look and you start being more versatile so that you can pull into the any driveway and you can have equal levels of success, you won't be the one, um, you know, like say, for example, Julie and I come from very, you know, uh, modest. Ba- no, yeah, exactly. And we, when we were ascending, when we were becoming more successful in real estate, we absolutely did have people that were, we're experiencing, we're, we're telling you guys, we personally experienced, we see it happen with some of the tens of thousands of coaching clients we've had over the last two decades. Same thing. And where that takes the wind out of your sails is if all of a sudden your long-term friends and whatnot start rejecting you or start making you feel like somehow you're no longer a trusted member of the tribe, for most people, that will be without them consciously being aware that they are feeling rejected and why they're feeling rejected, that will be enough to basically make them stop trying to strive for higher... higher Because they don't know how to deal with it. Because they don't know how to deal with it. Because they didn't see it coming. Because they were surprised by it. Because they should think, well, my friends want me to be successful and they're going to support me. Sort of, kind of, but not really. Some be- of them probably, but probably not all of them. Because you're you're becoming a threat to them, how they see themselves, and you're becoming a threat to their little tribe and how they yeah. see the world. You're you're essentially this you know black sheep, and all of a sudden you were a white sheep before. Now you're becoming this black sheep, and it's like you- you're being subtly confrontational. Yeah, exactly. And they they're going to give you friendly advice, the stop and smell the roses type advice. But what they're really saying is stop changing because you're making me uncomfortable, and I don't want to be felt. I don't want to be made to feel uncomfortable. So opposed to having you become more comfortable, uh, having you uh, make me more uncomfortable, I'm just going to start subtly separating myself from you. And when you start feeling that in your life. That right there, without you being consciously aware that that's a natural progression of you improving. Now, again, to Julie's point, what happens is those people come around and sometimes it takes a long damn time and sometimes it could take maybe never, but they come around and what you then become, believe it or not, without you being preachy or coachy, you then become the beacon for them to follow and you can show them how you ascended out of the sort of paradigm that you were maybe born into, you ascended and you've gone to this, you know, you, you are, you're still a great person. They still can love you, even though you decided to live in a different neighborhood and have different friends, or I'm sorry, not different. Well, different. Yes, but more friends in a different neighbor, having different experiences. Right. But you have to be the one that leads that. Right. Like I remember going through that with, uh, I had a couple of good music friends, uh, some of which I'm still friends with now. And there was like, I don't know if you remember Michelle, but like Michelle, I could go shopping. I could do fun things with her. We could go to any shop and like she wouldn't be weird about spending money or whatever. And then I had other friends where it's like, I'm not going to even invite them to do that because I, I, they're like, go out to ice cream or coffee. Because asking them to be that in, in that environment where I'm still friends with them, but I know they're not going to like well, be bringing, comfortable spending something. I I'm not going to put them in the situation to be uncomfortable. That's really good advice. I have to lead with that. Right. You can't expect them to comply with you because you will be making them uncomfortable. And you're just inviting someone who you know probably can't, doesn't have your financial where for all. You're you might be just trying to show off in front of them, which means consciously go- or subconsciously, right? Which or go- being inconsiderate by not even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff. 
So there's a lot of psychology <laughs> that's rooted in uh, being yeah. successful. And you can see as you start working through this in your mind, you probably experiencing these that have or experienced or are experiencing. And it could be all kinds of different things. Like, um, I mean, I, my mind can go everywhere. Like, um, I remember when Julie and I, uh, our friends when we were younger, they all started having, uh, a lot of them, you know, got married and had kids. Well, Julie and I didn't have any kids until we were older. And so we pretty much lost all, lost all those friends, not because they didn't still want to be friends with us. Um, you know, fortunately, they did real estate transactions. The more kids they made, so it all worked out in the <laughs> long run. True. But we definitely weren't but socializing. We lost with some them. commonality with them. We did, and and they didn't. They weren't saying, "Oh, you know, Tim and Julie aren't spawning children, so we're not going to like them anymore." They just didn't have any as much in common. And when you right. start having kids, basically, kids are like a, you know, a black hole for all attention. You know, all focus yes. goes on them, especially when they're young. Uh, well, I haven't really. Zoe's seven, and it's still that case. You <laughs> it's know, even more now. Maybe at some point it changes, but I seriously doubt no. if it does. Um, but anyway, this guy's is should be, I think, a uh, a real hopeful indication that you can be as successful as you choose to be. And this versatility thing is not just for analytical people or introverts, as the theme has been this week, but it's for all of you. So in the book, by the way, which is where we've been reading a lot of these notes for the past week, Julie was reading directly from the book, Harris Rules. If you have not read the book yet, if you have not you know, listened to the book on Audible, you really are doing yourself a disservice. It's going to give you a very clear direction on how to build a long-term sustainable business. But I hopefully you're also reading between the lines and realize that a lot of these things are directly applicable to your personal life as well. And unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your perspective, a successful entrepreneur really rarely has much separation from business and personal life. It just doesn't really exist. So maybe at the end of the day, you can be more successful helping more people and having a much richer in the literal sense and otherwise fuller life than you ever thought you had the capacity to if you just do a little bit of work and a little bit of introspection on the things that might be holding you back. And most of it starts in your head. Virtually all of it starts in your head with your, your mindset and your approach to your capacity, right? And your what you're capable of. But then quickly move into action because otherwise it's just essentially there's just a bunch of random thoughts. Anything you want to say? Well, let's cap it off with our final point, which is an easy one, but I, I think it sort of rounds the bend here. Point number 15, know that you can make as much money in real estate, if not more, than someone who is twice as outgoing or extroverted. You'll be more studied, more polished, more scripted, more effective, and you'll still remain true to yourself. As we say to our introverted coaching clients, really all coaching clients, be yourself first, and then be yourself talking about real estate second. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to be, you know, all of you guys are afraid to use scripts and you're afraid to be perceived as a this or perceived as a that, negative, negative, negative. But do exactly what we suggest in Harris Rules. You know, be your, be your, again, overused with this word, but be your authentic self first, walking your dog, going to your music practice. Being you. You know, being, doing your car hobby, doing your whatever it is, being a mom, being a dad on the softball team. But then make sure you always are bringing real estate in with a simple non-confrontational question, non-salesy question. Like, oh, by the way, Julie, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping in this market? And if you guys are not overt and uh, direct and asking, you know, questions like that, they're not going to do business with you. And even if they know, even you say, all these people on my softball team, they know I'm in real estate. And then you're going to see three or four of them do a transaction with somebody else because you are doing the first thing. You are being your authentic self, but you weren't looping it back in that you're here to be of service to them, helping buy, uh, sell real estate. Do, do bridge that gap. 
And that goes back to versatility. That goes back to you. I'm an introvert. I never want to ask a question that makes me seem like I'm a pushy salesperson. Well, then guess what? You're not going to get the business. People are not just going to, through osmosis, they're not just going to assume that you want to do business with them unless you tell them that you want to do business with them. That's true. So stop being weird about it. Talk about real estate. Know some talking points about what's happening. And not just, oh, the market's hot. We can't find anything for any buyers. No, talk about something of substance. And by asking whom do you know who could use my help buying or selling, if it's the person you're talking to, they'll tell you. If they've got a great friend that's been looking, maybe they've been you know, banging their head into the wall trying to find something, you're going to find out about it. But if you never talk about it, it actually gets weirder when they, especially if they know that you have a real estate license and you're not talking about it. You know, I always think about it like your friend opens a new restaurant and you know they never tell you about it. They never invite you to it. They never you know, give you a coupon for a grand opening. Don't you think that's a little weird? Yeah, it is I, a little I weird. I think it is. And the longer it lingers, the weirder it gets. So don't be a secret agent. Secret agents have skinny kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's Linda there. So yeah. in the meantime, if you guys need to get a hold of us for anything, um, and yes, we'd love to sponsor you at eXp Realty. If you're looking for a sponsor, if you have not chosen one yet, give us a shot. You can text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And let's have a conversation. I know eXp is right for you. And hopefully after uh, chatting with us, you'll decide that we're the right sponsor for you as well. Uh, 512-758-0206. And again, guys, as always, thank you for your support. Thank you for all your freaking wonderful feedback. That was not a bad word. I said freaking, not the bad word. But the, the feedback you guys are giving us on the book, you know, close to 500 five-star reviews, all the great feedback and all the different uh, media syndication platforms for the podcast. Thank you for allowing us in your lives. Thank you for the honor of being your coach. Help us get the word out. Look, the only thing we ask in exchange for this podcast is that you guys go to iTunes and you give us a five-star review. You go to whatever, if you're on Stitcher, same thing. Help us get the word out so we can save, frankly, more agents from feeling like they're a failure because maybe they're on, in pursuit of a business model that's actually destined for a you know a hard landing, whereas this, that same agent, when given the right information in the right direction, could do remarkable things for their life. This is your opportunity to help Julie and I be in alignment with our professional life's mission, which is being of service to other agents. Help us do that by giving us great reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm asking you to do that. Uh, you see, this is the type of, we're living by what we say, mm -hmm. asking for what we want. You guys ask for what you want. By the way, who you know who's helping, who's thinking about buying or selling, I could be helping in that market. So um, there you guys go. In the meantime, if you need us for anything, it's 512-758-0206. Uh, we'll talk to you on the show probably on Sunday. No guarantees. We'll see how it goes. But definitely on Monday. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>